This is the Daily Detail, powered by 1819 News, Honest News. Alabama. Alabama. Our great state. The voice of Alabama values. Alabama. Unbelievable people. And now, here is Andrea Tice. Congressman Jerry Curl is one of the first of Alabama's House representatives to react to the news that the Biden administration has canceled oil and gas leases in the Gulf of Mexico and Alaska. Congressman Carl, of course, represents the Mobile area of Alabama with its sole port. Carl says that this decision by the Biden's U.S. Department of Interior will further cripple American energy production at a time when Americans are paying record amounts of money for fuel, groceries, and basic goods. Carl says that Joe Biden is hell-bent on keeping inflation and gas prices through the roof while also compromising U.S. national security by being dependent on dictators and terrorists for energy needs. Alabama Congressman Mo Brooks reacts to a subpoena that was issued this week by the U.S. House January 6th committee that was created by Nancy Pelosi. The subpoenas are for Brooks and four other Republican House members in order for them to answer questions from that committee regarding the probe into the protests and breaches of the Capitol building on January 6th. Brooks calls the committee a partisan witch hunt and says the subpoena has been timed to coincide with his race in the Alabama Senate primary this month in order to damage him as an America First candidate. Brooks says the American people are learning that what he said back in 2020 is true, that the election was stolen. He referenced the recent documentary called 2000 Mules. Brooks also says he has four requirements before he will take part in any committee questions. First, they must guarantee that his testimony will be made public for all to see, that questions must be relevant and limited to January 6th. Questions must be made by the committee members themselves in person, not by their staff. And Brooks says he will first consult with the other four Republicans that were subpoenaed before he moves forward. Alabama Attorney General Steve Marshall is calling on the U.S. Department of Justice to take action against those protesters who have been gathering around the homes of justices who are on the U.S. Supreme Court. Marshall signed a letter along with 23 other state attorneys general saying that U.S. Attorney General Merrick Garland must enforce federal law, which determined that such actions on private property for a federal judge is criminal. Marshall says those angry about the potential end of Roe v. Wade and abortion are directly challenging the rule of law. Pro-abortion activists released the private addresses of the justices' homes after a leaked draft opinion came out last week showing there could be a potential 5-4 to four vote to overturn Roe v. Wade. This would come as a result of the Mississippi abortion ban case that the U.S. Supreme Court heard in the fall of 2021. A missing Alexander City man was found dead this Wednesday. 30-year-old Tylon DeBartalabon went missing April 30th. His family reported him missing, saying he was headed to Pensacola to visit a friend. DeBartalabon's truck was found off Highway 280. The Alabama Law Enforcement Agency says that the truck appeared to have veered off the road in Coosa County, hit a tree, turned over, and then threw the young man from the cab. Aaliyah says that the crash happened on April 30th, the day he went missing. DeBarta Laban's mother says she just kept calling and calling her son and knew something was wrong because he would always pick up and talk to his mother. Over two dozen airports here in Alabama are about to get an influx of funds for improvement projects. The Federal Aviation Administration is granting over $12.5 million for infrastructure and safety repairs. The airports are across the state from Huntsville to Dothan, Montgomery, Birmingham, Gulf Shores, Selma, and Ozark to name just a few. 
And speaking of money, Sanford University out of Birmingham has just received the largest single donation in that institution's history. $100 million was given to the university from the estate of Marvin Mann. Mann graduated from Sanford in 1954. He's a Springdale native. He worked for IBM for 32 years and then went on to found Lexmark International and was its CEO until 1999. Mann was named Sanford's Alumnus of the Year in 2004 and was given an honorary doctorate in 1993. For more in-depth stories affecting the state of Alabama, go to 1819news.com. In national news, Kentucky Senator Rand Paul has effectively blocked the passage of a bill, at least for now, that would send $40 billion of American taxpayer money to the country of Ukraine. The bill was passed earlier this week in the U.S. House, with 149 Republicans voting in favor of sending the $40 billion of American taxpayer money. In the Senate, Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell locked arms with Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer in trying to quickly run this bill through for a vote. McConnell said it's a top priority for Americans. Paul took to the Senate floor to disagree. Reserving the right to object, my oath of office is to the U.S. Constitution, not to any foreign nation. And no matter how sympathetic the cause, my oath of office is to the national security of the United States of America. We cannot save Ukraine by dooming the U.S. economy. In March, inflation hit a 40-year high. Gasoline alone is up 48%, and energy prices are up 32% over the last year. Food prices have increased by nearly 9%. Used vehicle prices are up 35% for the year, and new vehicle prices have increased 12% or more. Yes, inflation doesn't just come out of nowhere. It comes from deficit spending. The United States spent nearly $5 trillion on COVID-19 bailouts, leading to one of the highest and most sustained levels of inflation in U.S. history. Americans are feeling the pain, and Congress seems intent only on adding to that pain by shoveling more money out the door as fast as they can. This bill under consideration would spend $40 billion. This is the second spending bill for Ukraine in two months, and this bill is three times larger than the first. Congress should evaluate the cost of continuing down this path. The biggest threat to the United States today is debt, and inflation and the destruction of the dollar. We cannot save Ukraine by killing our economic strength. So I act to modify the bill to allow for a special inspect inspector general. This would be the inspector general that's been overseeing the waste in Afghanistan and has done a great job. So therefore, I ask the senator to modify his request so that the Senate proceed to the immediate consideration of calendar 368 HR 7691. Furthermore, that the Paul Amendment the desk be considered and agreed to, the bill as amended be considered read a third time, and the Senate vote on passage of the bill as amended with a, with a 60 affirmative vote threshold for passage. Paul was able to delay the passage of the bill with his amendment that was offered. Schumer will have to take a series of procedural moves to continue this process of moving the bill forward. The bill will still likely go before the Senate for a vote sometime next week. But it does give Americans time to contact their senator if they disagree with this kind of spending. Have you heard about the massive shortage in baby formula? The Biden administration addressed the issue this week, saying that the shortage comes in part from the shutdown of Abbott Nutrition Manufacturing Plant in Michigan. That shutdown occurred in February after Abbott had to issue voluntary recalls of the baby formula they make due to bacterial contamination and the fact that four babies became sick, White House Press Secretary Corrine Jean-Pierre spoke with reporters about the issue. Uh, as the president said yesterday, uh, the first cause was the pandemic. 
uh, the bottlenecks that has caused around that, that has caused around the, the globe. And there's no doubt that Putin's unprovoked invasion of Ukraine has also led to high, higher commodity prices and pain for Americans at the pump. Certainly, we've been tracking, ensuring that um, so ensuring that infant form formula is safe and available for families across the country. A global COVID summit was held this week in which certain doctors who have become well-known in the past two years due to COVID-19 and their opposition to government mandates and protocols gave out a series of declarations. We declare, and the data confirm, that the COVID-19 experimental genetic therapy injections must end. We declare the state of a national emergency which facilitates corruption and extends the pandemic should be immediately terminated. We declare that masks are not and never have been effective protection against an airborne respiratory virus in the community setting. Dr. Robert Malone is the inventor of the mRNA vaccine. He reversed his stance on using vaccines, at least in the case of COVID, just a few months after he took the vaccine himself. The data now show that vaccination increases the risk of infection by Omicron. What has not been performed by the pharmaceutical industry is the required full battery of safety, toxicology, pharmacokinetic testing. Where does the RNA go and how long does it last in your body? The same is true with the adenoviral vectors. The distribution of the mRNA or the adenoviral vectors and the resulting spike protein toxicology has not been well characterized and we do not understand even now what is happening in patients that have received these quasi-vaccines. Dr. Peter McCullough also spoke. He is the most published cardiologist, also an internist and epidemiologist. The national emergencies have been used uh, by local, uh, regional, state, and national authorities to have unchecked power. It's led them down a road of corruption, of malfeasance, and They've worked to continue the state of emergency through methods of propaganda, which is a presentation of false information from individuals in positions of authority. And it's all based on the declaration of the emergency state. And Dr. Lynn Finn is a virologist and infectious disease doctor. The CDC nor OSHA recognizes these facial coverings as PPE. Even the new ASTM mask standard which is ASTM F3502-21, which is standard specification for barrier face coverings, state that masks are not PPE and are not protective. Therefore, facial coverings are not part of the industrial hygiene's hierarchy of control, which is a stalwart in the area. The primary mechanism of transmission was declared by the CDC on May 7th to be through airborne aerosol particles. It's not as previously thought through droplets. I'm sure you've had many an argument regarding a person's respiratory droplets carrying it. And that is not the case. It is, an air, it is airborne particles that facilitate transmission. And a 0.09 micron virion is not going to be mitigated by a mask, a cloth mask, a surgical mask, and an unfitted N95 and beyond. A watchdog organization called Open the Books is taking issue with two other well-known doctors, Anthony Fauci and former NIH director Francis Collins. The nonprofit organization has released a report based on documents they obtained through the Freedom of Information Act and Judicial Watch attorneys. 
The group claims that between 2009 and 2014, both Fauci and Collins received royalty payments from pharmaceutical companies. Open the Books contends that this is a conflict of interest since both Fauci and Collins had control over $30 billion in government research grants, and they were able to determine which medical research groups would get the money. The organizations say that they found millions of dollars would flow back to Fauci and Collins through the pharmaceutical companies. The report estimates that between 2010 and 2020, there was $350 million paid back to the NIH scientists who are considered co-inventors. Open the Books points out that Collins and Fauci are administrators not researchers in the development of drug products. Fauci received 23 royalty payments, Collins 14. The amount within those payments was not disclosed by the NIH when they delivered the requested documents. A recent poll by Rasmussen Reports shows that American voters are more worried about inflation and its effects than maintaining abortion rights at a national level. 87% of Democrats, Republicans, Independents that were polled had inflation as their top concern. Violent crime and illegal immigration came in next at 83% and 69% respectively. 63% of those polled said abortion rights are the top priority. The survey was done earlier this week among 1,000 likely voters. You're listening to The Daily Detail from 1819 News. You won't want to miss the 1819 News podcast where host Brian Dawson and Ray Mellick Talk to Jared Hudson, a business owner, a law enforcement officer, and a Navy SEAL veteran. Obviously, you're running for sheriff, so we want to talk to you about you know what what you would be doing as a sheriff. What is a sheriff? Does everybody think sheriff, and you know, I don't know. They 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 think of some you know John Wayne, or they think of you know you know what is the show? I it's just slipping my mind right now. Black and white, where uh, Barney Fife and oh Andy you know, Griffith, yeah, Andy yeah. Griffith, or you know, yeah, everybody has these kind of ideas of you know uh, what what is a sheriff and and why does it matter? I think with with COVID, I think people became acutely aware of the importance of a sheriff and and um, what that means. And so, um, I'd like to ask, like you saw how COVID went, you saw the business closures, you saw what our governor did, and all of those things. What would how would you have handled the COVID situation differently? No, yeah. So that's a that's a great question. Uh, pretty straightforward and simple. I mean, you can look at the way Sheriff Mark Moon, Mark Moon, he's a solid guy up in Blunt County. Yeah. Kind of the way he handled it. In order for the governor or for anybody to close businesses or basically tell people they can't do something, they have to have strong men with guns showing up to say, hey, you can't do this if you're doing it. Yeah. Well, if the strong men with guns don't show up, what happens? Yeah. You, know, you you live life as as normal. So I would say that's the first thing is drawing that line and saying, uh, hey, we're not your business. You stay open. We're not yeah. going to come shut you down. If you're a church, you stay open. We're not going to come shut you down. Personally, I would take it a step further and say if anybody does try to come shut you down, the purpose of the sheriff, the purpose of the sheriff's office is to stand in that gap and protect the people of, let's say, this jurisdiction, Jefferson County, one I'm running for, their right to life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. The sheriff is a constitutional officer. He's not a code enforcement officer like yeah. most police departments or state officers. He's a constitutional officer, which means he protects the the rights of the people, not so much the rights of the bureaucrats. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's, it's actually people don't realize you're not answerable to the governor. You're not answerable to a mayor. Uh, the sheriff, you're answerable to the people. The people that elect that you. Elect That's why you're elected. Yeah, it, it, it makes it a unique position in law enforcement, unlike mm-hmm. any other. You can find more of that podcast at the 1819 News website under the podcast tab.
If you're enjoying the daily detail, don't forget that you can take a link and pass it on to a friend and maybe they can benefit from the information as well. I'm Andrea Tice. I'll be back again on Monday. Until then, have a wonderful weekend. Alabama. Alabama. Our great state. Alabama. Of Alabama. This has been The Daily Detail. For more up-to-date news, go to 1819news.com, where you'll find honest news and Alabama values.